Welcome to the Bare Naked ABCs, where we cover every single Bare Naked Ladies song from 7 to Y, including all of the Christmas songs, which is what we are covering. We would be doing Joseph Brown. That was me making a mistake in my in my computer. Um, nope, this week we are discovering Jingle Bells, some rarely known song that came out of nowhere some from some unknown country. This is a deep um, cut. This yeah. is a very, very deep. deep cut. Oh, yeah. Um, so, as you can hear, joining me tonight, I have Jeff and Aaron and Stefan. Um, Hello. <laughs> Hello. We'll cut that out if he doesn't join us. Um, and we also are supposed to have a, a guest joining us here. Hello, Trevor. Hi, how's it going? Hey, Good. Trevor. <laughs> Sorry, we got started a little bit early so we could get Aaron in here. Um, so, we, we got started a little bit early, but... Trevor, thank you for joining us. Trevor, don't mention the Hi. patch, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone makes a Patch Adams joke? Uh, Anyone? <laughs> <laughs> it's too early for Robin Williams jokes. Is it? So, Trevor. Yes. For the people who haven't heard from you in a while, give people a quick refresher of how they may know you and why why you love BNL so much. Uh, I've been, I'll give you the short version because I think I gave the long version last time, but uh, I've been a huge Bare Naked Ladies fan since I was in grade seven. Uh, they've been uh, my favorite band since then. And I once was lucky enough to get the opportunity to actually play with the band. Um, on stage, I got to play uh, Brian Wilson with them. I got called on stage and played the song. It was fantastic. It was awesome. <laughs> Excellent intro. Thank you, Trevor. Nice. There's a lot of mistakes tonight, Tracy. What is going on? I know. I've been having an off off week. You all so, right? Yeah, I spent a lot of time recording one night with someone and then directing some kind of video or something. <laughs> yeah, thanks for that, by the way. <laughs> Tracy, can you, can you watch the video tonight? <laughs> no, this, is, this was solely my my I was not working this week, and so I <clears throat> I took rest time. Um, how dare I? And how uh, dare I? Uh, <laughs> looks like the eyes have it. Oh <laughs> no! Oh, begin the puns. <laughs> There's gonna be a lot tonight. I get <laughs> the and feeling. We're on Jays anyway. Oh. Well, you know, um, if we do have a guest joining us, we can just patch them in later. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> For those who aren't aware, because they don't have a video, I am wearing an eye patch because I scratched my cornea tonight. Yeah, keep in mind, um, everyone, we're on the J's, but we all know that Tracy's just excited to get to the R's. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Sorry, these puns are a little cornea. Oh. oh my goodness. I don't think there are any more. I think you used them all. Now, Tracy, were you, in fact, born on a pirate ship? or oh, Winner, winner, chicken dinner. <laughs> or did that come later? That, I just... that, that was an excellent one. That, that was the king of the puns tonight. Excellent job, sir. And it, wonderfully, we are actually recording this. It's coming out in January, but we're recording this a few days before Christmas. So it is wonderful that we're actually going to be discussing Jingle Bells tonight. Jingle Bells, Jingle Bells, Jingle all the way. Oh, what fun is to ride in one horse open sleigh. Hey, jingle Bells, Jingle Bells, Jingle all the way. Oh, what fun is to ride in one horse open sleigh. Yeah. The most wonderful time of the year. <laughs> no, it's a different song. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So, um, so my goal today is to completely break Aaron. That's what I'm going for. <laughs> totally break Aaron. <laughs> I don't know. He's pretty good at this. He may he may end up breaking you. I will break long before the two of you. It may could happen. It could be a duel. It could be a duel of the fates. <laughs> oh. oh, so ah, uh, th- let's talk about Jingle Bells. Um, Let's. so it was written by James Lord Pierpont. It is the best known and most commonly sung Thanksgiving song 
that was made. Um, it is an American song, and most people incorrectly identify it as a Christmas song. It has nothing to do with Christmas. It was originally called One Horse Open Sleigh. It was written in either Medford, Mass., at the Simpson Tavern, or in Savannah, Georgia, although most people say that it is actually in Medford, Mass., um, especially since it was re- it's basically referencing and uh, in, in recognition of the sleigh rides and the sleigh um, contests that yeah. they used to have on Salem Street in Boston. Doesn't I mean, Medford, I know Mass. They- have, like, the sign? They have, like, the official national recognition mm. built the end. I know, I know they do get snow occasionally in Georgia, but I feel like not a lot of snow drifts that you would crash your horse into. So No, it's rare that the snow comes down to Georgia. But the lights go out in Georgia. The devil went there. I'm sorry, apparently Georgia's just really on our mind tonight. So this song was written in 1857. Um, it was either supposed to be a Sunday school choir song or a drinking that. song, or hopefully not. Which are so similar, by the way. I was going to say, hopefully it wasn't both. That would be really <laughs> bad. Sunday school drinking song. <laughs> Bring the sacramental wine. Bring your own sacramental wine. B-O-I-O-S-W. Every time you get a commandment right, kids, you do a shot. <laughs> it was recorded in 1889 as part of the first Christmas record. But that recording has been lost to history, unfortunately. Um, and it also was the first song that was broadcast from space. So it's a lot of firsts with this song. As a joke, song by is- the way. <laughs> it was done as a joke. It was done as a joke, yeah. yes. <laughs> but that's still pretty amazing to be yeah. the first song broadcast mm-hmm. from space, space, even as a joke. Um and, and they were referencing the fact that Santa was coming, and they they were seeing Santa from the sleigh. It's a pretty landmark land based landmark song for a song that's not really Christmas. <laughs> a land based song. Landmark. I meant landmark. <laughs> now I have to keep that in. Thank you. <laughs> the sleigh is riding on the land. So See, okay. thank you, Trevor. The based of lamb. Now I'm hungry for lamb. So this song has a really dark history, though. And I think we should go into a little bit of the dark history here. And anyone who knows some of this, they, they're more than welcome to jump in. And t- so I'm not doing all the talking. Original, it was first performed in blackface by a minstrel called Johnny Pell. That's kind of what was done back then sometimes. But it's not exactly the best way to have your song sung for the first time. It now, even though it was sung in that way, a lot of people speculate that it has to do with slavery and that jingle bells are about the bells worn around the neck from slaves. It's not true. However, the writer was a strong, strong, staunch promoter of slavery. Um, And actually, when he moved down to Georgia, he actually started writing songs for the Confederacy pro-confederacy for their war effort um, and also was part of the confederate war effort himself. A little bit of a dark history there, but no, it does not refer to slavery. It never has. It's just a little bit coincidental that all of that happened. Um, Especially since the rest of his family were uh, were abolitionists, so kind kind of odd. Unfortunate, you would say. Unfortunate. It was copywritten um, but as, as Kina, I'm going to say this wrong, Kina Hamill wrote in 2017, it sounds a very similar to a lot of other songs that were around at the time written about sleigh races. And she even speculated that it was a, that he was just really trying to get financials taking plagiarizing. Yeah. 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 And that everything about this song, it, this is her quote, everything about the song is churned out and copied from other people. Uh, the people in lines are from other songs 
There's nothing original about this song. Um, and, and she's not the only one to have said that. Wow. And there's a lot of people that say that basically... Tell us how you really feel. This was stolen <laughs> from a lot of other songs about, about sleigh riding That's how she at really the time. <laughs> it was stolen. Now, Tracy, I actually really dig getting all this backstory. I didn't know any of that. And one of the things I've always appreciated about doing this show with you is you go really in-depth perception. Oh... Uh, <laughs> You, um, but ironically, he he actually made very little money off from this song, and actually ended up dying by when he was when he was in his old age by actually uh, having to do a lot of tutoring just to be able to get by and teaching piano lessons because this song made him nothing while he was alive. Oh, isn't that the way? Are you sure? Yes, <laughs> that sounds just as disappointing. I as am sure about that, and yes, I. Everyone has now, except for Trevor. Man, um, he really missed reference. out, though. He knew how much this song is played. Aaron, would you like yes. to give us a breakdown? I would love to. <laughs> so, uh, Jingle Bells. Now, first of all, I know what you're all wondering is what album do I think this uh, song is from? <laughs> Gordon. Obviously, Gordon. it's off of Rumors by Fleetwood Mac. Uh, no, of course, it's off of Bare Naked for the Holidays. That was. That was a gimme. So. Well, you had to go and break that chain. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, interesting song, uh, actually. Uh, you know me, guys. I'm usually the Grinch when it comes to the Christmas songs. I, I, I kind of like this one. I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. but I'm going to be the Grinch this, this episode. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> Someone's got to do it. Uh, oh, so I will do it. For the beginning, it's sort of in free time, but it hovers around 59 or 60 beats per minute for the most part. Once you get into the up-tempo section, it's about three, uh, sorry, 136 beats per minute. <laughs> traditionally, this song... You guys can't see, but uh, Stefan's being Stefan. <laughs> uh, tra traditionally, this song is played in C major or G major. This one is in C. Now, in the intro, you've got this lovely little descending line where you have C major in the first inversion. So you have E, G, C, followed by E minor, E, G, B, followed by G minor 6 in the second inversion, E, G, B flat. So you just get this lovely little chromatic move down in the top note from C to B to B flat. And it sounds a little forlorn and sad. And uh, not having heard this before, I was like, oh, this is going to be like a uh, soft, sad ballad version of Jingle Bells. That's kind of interesting. Um... By the way, I tried to be lazy and use Cordify, but they got this all wrong. I mean, <laughs> all wrong. Like, sometimes I'll use that as a jumping-off point, but this one is completely messed up. It's just, I have no idea where they're getting some of these chords from. So I had to just kind of uh, sit back and, and do it myself the old-fashioned way. Um, so <laughs> we, have this, <laughs> we have this beautiful piano tinkling with some lovely bowed bass in the background. Thus far, the song was nothing like what I expected, right? Then... We get this bright, upbeat, almost rock polka, which is more of what I expected. <laughs> um, so you go from C major to F major, C major to D minor to G major, back to the tonic C. So from here on out, it's pretty standard uh, one four five. Although to be pedantic, it's one four one two five one. Uh, but the polka elements continue with an accordion, and then there are some jazzy sections or scat singing, the upright bass. It's really like a genre pastiche. And then uh, at the end, of course, it comes back into that slow, pensive style, basically, until it just screams like psych at you and then ends loud and obnoxious. <laughs> so um, the original melody, uh, uh, we, we kind of talked about this a little bit, Tracy. The original melody of Jingle Bells, like when it was first written, was actually slightly different. And the harmonies were really beautiful, I thought, and kind of more rich and choral and almost hymn-like. And I mean that in a good way. Um, Wikipedia has an example of this on the page for Jingle Bells, and it's terrifying. Uh, <laughs> Tracy, would you put in a section from the chorus here? My God, that synth voice. It's like Hal 9000 <laughs> is going to kill you, but he wants it to be festive. <laughs> um, for a better example. <laughs> For a better example, Tracy, I sent you a version by, I think it's Tom Rausch. Uh, if you want to throw in a little bit of that chorus from that here, if you'd be so kind. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. 
See? Lovely. Uh, I've never heard it more beautifully played. (laughs) Well, it's interesting because he has a kind of almost like country rock style to it, but you can can hear in the chorus with those those harmonies. It almost kind of sounds like cowboys riding off into the distance. (laughs) It's it's very different. Um, They kind of simplified it in the modern take, and that's, of course, what we go with here. Uh, It might have been interesting to hear them tackle those harmonies, but... Honestly, this song is just very, very fun. It's very chaotic. It's funny. It's high energy. It's very BNL, and I actually really like this one. Oh, uh, oh no! Actually, I guess we can wait for the lyrics to discuss that. Not that there's too much to discuss in the lyrics because they mostly <laughs> they mostly stay to the original. Trevor, what did you think of the music? Yes. I love the music. I think um, I think this is actually the perfect song to begin this album. I'm a big album guy. I don't like to listen to one song at a time. Aaron, I don't know how you're doing this, getting through this uh, everything by BNL and just one song at a time. I like to sit down and listen to an entire album, and I think this song sets up this holiday album perfectly. Mm. It gives you a little taste of what everything to come is going to be, uh, like that slow, uh, beautiful piano bass vocal intro. Dashing through the snow in a one-horse open sleigh the fields we go laughing all the way let you know we're gonna do some like traditional kind of holiday songs like like their versions of old lang syne and i saw three ships um hanukkah hanukkah and do they know it's christmas like those kind of standard kind of ones you're expecting but then you get that classic bare naked ladies left turn where you're not expecting it to to jump tempo and everything And, you know, they're going to have some fun with it, too. Things like Elf's Lament, Green Christmas. Like, they're going to put their own spin on things. Um, that jazzy kind of part. You get uh, bass, uh, the big prominent double bass, like you're going to get in God Rest You Merry Gentlemen. Now the ground is white. Go it while you yell. Take the girls tonight and sing this slaying song. Just get a bobtail bang. 244 speed. Um... Ed's guitar playing in this, I think, is very similar to the way it's played uh, in Footprints. Mm. And Kevin's amazing piano playing, uh, you know, he's definitely the star of their version of Carol of the Bells and Christmas Time, Oh Yeah. And then you get Steve's big, powerful voice like Auld Lang Syne. So I think this song actually sets up this whole album beautifully. Well, and with and the Batman it. lyrics, you get you get their, the, the, the joyfulness that we're going to end up having with Sleigh Ride. And with yes. Deck the Stills. Deck the Stills, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And, and it reminds and I, me, you saying that, it, it never hit me before, but anyone who's been to musical theater, when you go when you go to a show, it starts, most shows at least start, with an overture, which has bits and pieces of the entire show kind of to give you a taste to start. And like you were saying, that's kind of what we're getting here with, with this. Yeah, so I think that they were very deliberate in putting this song first on the album. I think there's a reason for that, and I think it sets it up really, really well. Yeah, I don't think you could have put this anywhere else on the album with the way that the song is layered and set up, especially with that start. It wouldn't have worked anywhere else on the album. No, I agree. Yeah, it's a great way to start things off. Totally agree. My only thoughts on on the beginning of this was I almost, depending on when I listened to this song, there were times, and the first time I listened to this, it was was true, and then I kind of slowly began to like it. I felt like that beginning part went a little bit too long, and, Mm. and I almost entered into... My first thought when I listened to this album for the first time was, "Oh, this is this is just going to be something that I play in the background during a Christmas party," <laughs> um, because that's that's what this is. It's kind of feeling like that slow, loungy kind of thing that you just barely have on, and and people kind of are listening. It's um, like all Christmas music in a way. It reminded <laughs> me of the the sad Charlie Brown piano <laughs> from yeah. the beginning. Yeah, was that uh, Vince? Uh, shoot. 
now I'm gonna now I'm angry. Uh, I want to say Vince Lombardi, but that's not it. <laughs> See, I'm a, I'm actually the opposite on this one though. I, I gotta disagree because I I like the opening um, better than the sped up parts. Really? Um, yeah, I, it's weird because I mean Kevin's piano is amazing on this, like Trevor mentioned. Kevin's piano is a fantastic, and then Jim, you know, has some really awesome bass parts in here, and and uh, Tyler's percussion. But I thought Stephen, I thought Stephen vocally sounds better on the slow parts than he does in the fast parts. I yeah. agree with Jeff. Yeah. yeah. Like, I feel like there's a joke kind of element going on where he's just now kicking the die parts. Believe me, I love upbeat, fun Christmas songs. I love Jingle Bells. Um, But in this one case, I like the angle they took with the slow opening. When they got to the first chorus, I thought that's where he was going to speed up. I thought we just, you know, kind of got punked there. And now he's going to speed up as he's easing into the... The one horse it was a slow burn. Yeah. yeah, I thought he was going to hit it on Jingle Bells. He doesn't. He keeps the Jingle Bells still very slow and mellow. And I really like that. And so my favorite parts of this song musically are the very slow ballady opening. And then when it goes into that jazzy break, yeah. um, when That's the harmonies fun. come in, when, you know, you hit that gym bass. And then the fast parts, so, you know, were not as, um, uh, didn't do it as much for me, actually. They're they're fun, but I, I agree with you, Jeff. I, I like the slow section uh, with the when when they come in with the bowed bass. That's really beautiful. Uh, Vince Guaraldi, that's who it is. Vince Guaraldi. No, apologies to the family of Vince Guaraldi and Vince Lombardi. <laughs> Please come on the show, Vince. <laughs> yeah, we. <laughs> oh dear, but yeah, no, I completely. I mean. Uh, I know I like that it's so kind of chaotic and that there's there's all these different. I mean, you can even hear a little Zydeco in there when the you know it's like we all know what Stephanie's going to say about the chaos coming in. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> it's interesting. Well, and it's interesting. And one of, one of the verses, I want to say it's the second verse. They decide to go with only drums and Steven. And it's like that's a very strong choice. And I actually love it's, that. It's choice. very yeah, I do too. It's very minimalist, and I do like that. I love Tyler's drums in that part. Yeah, and I love how They're... manic Steve's voice is. <laughs> Dashing through the snow in a one-horse open sleigh, or the fields we go. And I wonder if the drums are supposed to be like almost like a, a horse yeah, running, yeah, like yeah, if it's yeah, supposed to give that yeah, sort yeah. of idea. Yeah. See that I, I didn't so much like Stephen's vocals on that. I don't I don't like it when Stephen doesn't try and sound good because Stephen has an amazing voice, yeah. and I like it when he uses that voice. And and so a lot of the the song, it shifts I, into him purposely trying to sound. I think not as good. I feel that the first part of this song when it's slow you really get to hear his voice um yeah yeah i kept on um hearing like a raspiness like he's been smoking unfiltered cigarettes for 72 years and he's just getting (laughs) over uh, a massive hangover or or, or he's still drunk i mean that's kind of the sound that i picked up from it it sounds slurred it sounded raspy it sounded not very good it didn't sound good to me at all well, but I'm when wondering. It picked up in tempo, I it sounded yeah. better, but I think it's because everybody else was in there too. I, I think it, there's clearly a, some intention behind that. I don't know, uh, Tracy. You're you're the one who knows probably the most uh, with the history of the band. I think you had said at one point Steve was really conflicted about making a children's album. Did he feel the same way about the holiday album or? It wasn't his idea. Yeah. He went along with it, but it wasn't his idea. I kind of yeah, got that. We can hear it. He was kind of taking the piss. <laughs> um, well, what was that the Kiss song that they covered? Kind of. Oh, sorta? I love it loud. Yeah, I, I mentioned in that how like that's not the way you take the piss out of a song. You do it like uh, Biz Marquee and uh, the Beastie Boys doing Benny and the Jets, and this is closer to that energy. I liked it. I thought it was funny. Uh, but then again, you know, I'm not, I'm not particularly reverent towards Christmas music. So. <laughs> well, and I'm wondering if this was recorded because they wrote and recorded a lot of this while in between stops during their Everything to Everyone tour, if I remember correctly. Uh, um, and so I almost feel like maybe it was be- they recorded this one somewhere during that, uh, that process. I'd have to pull out my disc and see uh, when it was recorded. Yeah, I'm not reading that tonight, guys. Um, <laughs> Why is that? time I might have a chance. Not tonight. 
Is it because you can't see out of one eye? It is exactly because of that, and I can't read. The, the writing is so entirely small <laughs> in the corner. Have every, you put a every, cork on your fork? Every uh, Have you Christmas put a cork special on your fork. Every every Christmas special needs a British street urchin. So thank you, Stefan. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I mean, come on, dirty run scoundrels! A cork on a fork. A cork on a fork. Have you guys? Come on, this is a good one eye reference. Like the year? It's 2000, 2004 is the year. 2004? May 2004. So, I'm going to let you guys talk for a minute. I'm going to look up May 2004 and see where they were in the in the definitive book. In the Bare Naked Chronology. Is the book in Braille? Whoa. That's not funny, <laughs> sir. <laughs> it wasn't until you said that. <laughs> my job is just to punch up Stefan's jokes. That's my whole job. So, ladies and gentlemen of the uh, podcast listening crew, uh, Tracy is sitting here with an eye patch, and we have made every joke known to man about pirates. And oh, I'm uh, sure you've uh, missed a few so far, but no, there's 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 probably some more. Okay, yeah. So we haven't really cashed in on all of it. Well, we are so really I, ranting on it. I am looking at this and going down through. Um, they began recording this album in mid-May, and yes, this was just after they had finished their Everything to Everyone tour, literally like three days beforehand in England. So my guess is that his voice is raspy because it is still recovering from that tour. And mid-May is one is, is definitely the time when you want to record a Christmas album. <laughs> well, yeah, because you want to get it done and then out for Christmas. <laughs> well, yeah, but okay, logistically maybe, but not aesthetically. <laughs> right. <laughs> Jingle bells. Jingle bells. I've been flipping on Bruce Valanche singing Jingle Bells. Oh man. Tracy, uh, what's a pirate's singer. favorite droid from Star Wars? R2D2? Yeah, yeah. And what's a pirate's favorite fast food restaurant? Arby's? No, Long John Silver's. <laughs> oh, I was expecting it on the third one, not the second. Uh, yeah, I zigged when you thought I was going to zag. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, I do like, so it's interesting with this song that they do something they don't do, I don't think in any other songs, which is individual solos for every single person that's in the band. You have your, your bass solo, you have piano solos throughout the song, you have the drum solos throughout the song. I mean, at times you can hear guitars that are kind of doing their thing, and, and they kind of take the front. But it's really everyone gets their, their moment to shine on this song. See, and I was actually going to bring that up. I feel like everybody does get their moment to shine, except for Ed. Like, I feel like yeah. <laughs> I wanted Ed to have a specific guitar solo. I was thinking that same thing, too, yeah. I think Kevin has like three different yeah. parts where you hear just well, him, which is the, awesome. He gets the yeah. harms on the jazzy part, but that's pretty much yes. about it. Yeah, like you can hear his guitar. I think the the best is it like verse three. You can hear his his kind of lead guitar kind of parts throughout, but it's also underneath the rest of the verse. Yeah, and especially at the end there, where we're kind of where um, there's like a drum solo, then what fun it is to laugh and sing, and a piano solo, what fun it is to laugh and sing, a bass solo. I wish they'd done that once more and given Ed a guitar solo, just a little tiny quick. Yeah. Couple thing. of bars would be nice, yeah. Because yeah. he has some beautiful pieces earlier on in the song before that bluesy, yeah. jazzy breakdown. Absolutely, but I wish they'd given him some time to do his own uh, guitar solo in that. That you mentioned the laugh, and I'm not talking about the opera laugh. I'm talking about the laugh that comes just before that. It is such a fake laugh. It's like, I laugh naturally when I recorded this like three takes ago, and now we have to do it, but I'm not yeah. in the moment anymore. Mm -hmm. it, it, I, that, that part always gets to me, because I get to that part, and I'm like, you're not having any joy at this part, Steve. <laughs> I, ha I had to watch myself. I, I don't think this is a, a song that you should be listening to on the car, uh, in the car, because... Um, I was, and, you know, it's like, oh, look, listen to the piano. It sounds good. Oh, they made a unique take on it. Uh, and then gets into the piano again. I'm like, oh, this is nice. I'm like, oh, okay. And then kablooey. It just blew my eardrums out of my head. And I'm like, Jesus. You know, I reacted. I almost went off the road. 
Which I, I, I suppose, like, yeah, like, there's a, quite a bit of a level jump there as well as just the, the uh, rhythm jump. So, Trevor, just so your students know, we'll have two separate versions. One that's labeled yeah, Trevor. Yeah, there you go. And the other one yeah, is Trevor. not labeled Trevor. Baroning and ABCs that after works. dork. Yes. <laughs> oh, so does anyone else have anything to add musically about our wonderful song tonight? Chaos. It was chaos. <laughs> but I, I love the chaos. I've got to say, the, the reason I wanted to be on this one is I love this song. Yeah. I love the tempo changes. For me, I'm coming at it from a very emotional point. It reminds me, uh, growing up, I used to get together with my family, uh, like my extended family, my cousins, every year, and we would have music night. And we would get together. I come from a very musical family. So we get together, and we would play Christmas carols, like the trumpets, trombones, uh, tuba, flutes like everyone would have something and we'd we'd go to my cousin's house and we'd play christmas carols every year uh and every year when we got to jingle bells that was always our last one and uh my cousin rob who was leading everything we'd play it through like regular one time and then we get to the end of the course he'd go all right faster and we'd speed up a little bit and he'd go faster and we'd speed up a little bit more so the changes reminded me just so much of that I'm like this is how jingle bells should be it should be changing your tempo all the way through and silly and fun and so I, I love the tempo changes wow. in this one. This song made my Asperger's go on overdrive. <laughs> <laughs> there, I said it. <clears throat> well, and I, and I think also this song, really, if you, I bet if you asked the writer of this song, he would love this because the writer of the song was very much a nonconformist, which you start to pick up on when you listen to the lyrics of this song. For a song that was written for possibly a Sunday choir um, or Sunday school choir, it's pretty saucy. It's a pretty saucy song. Uh, so let's <laughs> let's talk a little bit about these lyrics. Who would love to start? My favorite lyric is "Jingle bells, Batman smells, Robin laid an egg, the Batmobile lost its wheel, and the Joker got away." I was actually. Again, not having heard this before, I was, I was coming in hoping they would do that. And the interesting thing is, when it started all somber and serious and kind of uh, melancholic, and I was like, oh, okay, they're not going to do that. It's like a serious, reverent tune. So that made it all the more of a delight to me when they just boost, burst into this, like, punk polka. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Well, and even those lyrics, which are joke lyrics um, and have been used since the 1960s, I think those even kind of match with the intent of this song, which are like, let's be a little bit nonconformist here and a little saucy. Yeah, but this is, it's a holiday album. I mean, why not just, you know, combine that with Rob Zombie and like Ozzy Osbourne or something like that. So, I mean, I mean, it's a holiday album. People are relying on them to really deliver a, a, a good song. They like their singing and they like their music. I think this was kind of uh, a violation of of the holiday music. I just want to hear Ozzy singing on this now. <laughs> I'd rather I'd rather listen to Ozzy singing this song. Oh, all right. I think we're getting an idea of where Stefan's yeah. coming from tonight. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I mean, second child over there wanted. Yeah, Ozzy, please come on. Ozzy Osbourne, we know you listen. Please come on the show. <laughs> okay, so you know how we have trouble with Tracy? We have breakdown with Aaron. Well, you know, we got to have now hard opinions with Stefan. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Well, that's did you true. say horrid or hard? No, hard. Like he has hard <laughs> opinions on things. Like he's horrid. very, he's very horrid. Is more very... like it. And Jeff Ste totally missed it. Stefan spills the tea. I don't know. I did, but I popped back in. and I'm already thinking, gentlemen. Think of Trevor students. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Won't Forever someone students? think of the children? <laughs> I will. <in> the end. <laughs>
You know what's real? Are the bobtails that are on the horses that, wow. that the bells are on in this song. Way to take the reins there, Tracy. <laughs> For a long time, I thought it was like oh, bobcats. Nice. Did they still have bobtails? I bob didn't know what a bobtail was. So I thought they were like... like a sled of bobcats. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> I wasn't going to bring this up, but since you did, should it not be Bob Tail and not Bob Tails? It's a one horse open sleigh. Why so would there, there might be tails? more than one tail. There's multiple sleighs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, is that why? Yeah, okay. They're, they're hooking up all, right. all the sleighs. I guess it makes sense. It's like, it's racing, right? And it is Bob Tail. It is singular. Right? But when Steve sings it, he yeah, sings like, Bob Tail. Right. I think there's a discrepancy drunk. there. There's another discrepancy. I can't remember which verse it is. Oh, it's, it's, it's in the, the second verse, I want to say, where they crash into the snowdrift. And it ends with, uh, we got upsought, which is like a poetic read on upset. Right. But he says something else entirely. He's like, no, 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 I got caught. <laughs> and I have no idea. I couldn't find it online anywhere. No one. Yeah, there is a variation of it. He sings the variation that, that's been out there for a couple of years. Um, do you know that what that is? or? Do you ever read like the verse that doesn't show up a lot in this, where the guy actually laughs that he fell? Yeah, they skipped a verse. I think they replaced it with the Batman. Yeah, that's not in the song. That's, that's just mean. Yeah, a day or two ago, the story I must tell, I went out to the yeah. snow, and on my back I fell. A gent was riding by in a one-horse open sleigh. He laughed as there I sprawling lie, but quickly drove away. Like, thanks, I fractured my hip bone. Thanks a lot, yeah. sir. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> yeah. Which is, once again, one that's usually left out, um, and also has a pretty dark ring to it like this guy is getting hurt the other person is just laughing at them because he got hurt during the sled race like how horrible you know in jack and jill jack fell down and broke his he, crown is he... referring to his occipital bone in his skull <laughs> i'm just throwing it out there <laughs> he got he got into a drifted bank and lo we got he we made the cut now why he changed that i don't know made the cut they recorded it and put it in That's their, it their Christmas uh, office video. I feel video. like Trevor just opened up the official encyclopedia of Christmas carols. Me? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let, no, let this is this is actually the lyric Ooh. book that I got oh, nice. when I saw them at the oh. Bare Naked for the oh. Holiday tour. Uh, they gave these out to everybody in the crowd Exclusive back in merch. 2004, maybe? Trevor, I think I mentioned this last time you we were on the show, but you're officially cooler than all of us. They did not give that out at my show. How dare they? Because you're not Canadian. Oh, no? Trevor they, gave I got the it at mine. Canadian high side, and they knew. <laughs> <laughs> they, they did not give that out at the Boston show. Is that true? That is true. Yeah, but we also didn't get to play yeah. with so, them on stage either, Tracy. They didn't give it out at the house. Different so shows. Different either. shows. <laughs> so what does the official lyric book say? The official lyric book for their version, uh, it says... We got into a drifted bank, and then we got upsot. Okay, so it says it right on there, but that's not what he sings. This is definitely not what he said in the recording, yeah. And it's not what he sings live, either. And like It's live, he, he does something different. It's something about, oh, we fought or something like that. I forget what the yeah, actual was, line was is, but definitely he changed something them else. live. <laughs> well, their live shows are always usually different than whatever they record anyway. Um, we should talk about upsot, as, as, that, as we're on that lyric anyways. Um, that was one of those those double meanings um, in this song that that was a little bit risque. Upsot uh, meant like that the that the sleigh got upsot and got knocked over. However, it was also meant to refer to the fact that these people were going out unchaperoned, which was unheard of at the time, and that the parents would be upset. Mm. So it was a double meaning. This is once again sung by a, a second a Sunday school children's choir um, that that is saying this. So he he's kind of going pretty risque on that. Very risque. Oh, I wanted to bring up that uh, jingle bells that most people think that is referring to a specific type of bell. That it's an adjective, but actually jingle. it is meant to be a jingle verb. is an imperative verb. Go and jingle. Yes. I was bells. just watching Thor too. Speaking of thunder. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was going to drop a knowledge bomb with that one, but whatever, guys. <laughs> Didn't mean to trot on your parade there. Go for it, Raiden. Come on, show me yeah. thunder. 
gonna gonna put you out the pasture. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you guys heard it first. It wasn't an accident. There's not much to say in terms of the lyrics of the song, honestly, because it wasn't even really written by well, them. But no, I was gonna. Well, and that that too. But like like you already mentioned, I mean, the lyrics are pretty much allegedly plagiarized from even other sources. So, but I mean. They don't do much different with a song except for a random break in the laughter and and uh, whatever they're saying on Upsot, <laughs> whatever whatever that is, and then they do the Batman smells thing, you yeah. know, which <laughs> which I thought was a weird choice. Personally. Uh, it's a, it was a common '80s thing that everybody would say, but still, yeah, it's still it's still common. I but think yeah. it, it, it fits with the irreverent tone and the chaos of, of this particular take, in my opinion. I am curious as to when that started. Tracy, you said like the 60s. Are you thinking it started when the Batman TV show was a thing? or? Um, I don't know. I just know that in reading up mm. on it, it did come up in the 1960s. Um, whoever wrote that, come on the show. We know you listen. <laughs> <laughs> and that you're still alive. <laughs> dark turn. Hashtag dark turn. Bart Simpson wrote it. We yeah, are right. <laughs> Why don't we slip into parodies for a minute? Let's slip in. There's a whole bunch of different parodies. I do that literally every day. It's my yeah, job. I was gonna say that's that's <laughs> Jeff's uh, cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> so there's several different. Uh, do, I'm I'm gonna list a few off, but do you guys know of any of the parodies? And then I'll add in the extras that that you guys don't crab. I didn't grab a single one. Did you, did you say crab? <laughs> Crab. crab. I heard crab, crab too. I'm not in the mood to go crabbing tonight. I but, heard I mean... crab. Well, it's that parody by, by SpongeBob and Mr. Crab, right? Isn't that one of them? I thought pirates go after treasure, not crabs. So one of them is Yingle Bells by by Yogi Jorgensen. My wife says to me, "Let's not drive the old coupe." Hitch up once again, the one horse open sleigh. Um, another one, which is one of my favorites, I've listened to since I was little, is Rusty Chevrolet yes. yep. by the yeah. Yes. <clears throat> that was in there? Dashing through the snow in my rusty Chevrolet. Down the road I go, sliding all the way. I need new piston rings, I need some new snow tires. My car is held together by a piece of chicken wire. Wasn't there like a pumpkin one? There is a pumpkin one, which was done by the Peanuts gang. <laughs> All right, okay. It's called Pumpkin Bells. Dashing through the streets In our costumes bright and gay To each house we go Laughing all the Yummy. <laughs> There's also the Aussie Jingle Bells by the Bucko and Champs. Aussie like Australians? Dashing through the bush in a rusty holding ute. Kicking up the dust. Esky in the boot. Kelpie by my side. Singing Christmas songs. It's summertime and I am in my singlet shorts and thongs. There's the Jingle Bells Drag by the Three Stooges. In the garbage dump on a fine December day, we found a beat up piece of junk, an old time open sleigh. So then we bought a horse, his coat was solid gray. But that's because the horse, of course, is older than the sleigh. Jingle bell, jingle bell, if this seems too slow, just blame it on old Dobbin, that's as fast as he can go. And finally, of course, there's Jingle Bombs by Jeff Dunham. That is the list of all of them that I could find. I'm sure there are plenty more out there, but those were I'm the, sure, I'm sure. the ones I could find easily without going into a deep dive search. I wouldn't know. I know nothing about parodies. <laughs> Aaron, you were you were mentioning a variation of this song earlier that I thought was interesting, and I thought you wanted to. Talk oh a little bit well, about it's not it. a parody, but um, there is a trend where people will take songs that are written in a major key and then turn them into songs in a minor key, and vice versa. Um, and there is a, an interesting take on Jingle Bells. If you want to pop in a little sample here, that's in minor. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle. 
Wesley. And I've always been fascinated by this because um, it really kind of illustrates how important modality is. Like a lot of people know about scales. Some people know they've heard of modes. Um, this is really a great way to illustrate how, you know, using in a relative minor the same notes, uh, you can actually get a completely different sound out of something. Or even just within the same scale, shifting the tonal gravity where it starts can change completely how it sounds. Uh, so, yeah, I, I just think it's kind of interesting. There's a... Um, sounds very somber I, and sad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's minor, right? You know, so, <laughs> with the, you know, the other thing to remember is that even in major keys, there are minor chords. So you can still have a sad song or sad sounding songs written in major, but when you shift the entire key to minor, it's sort of it, there. There are more minor chords, and the ones that usually are stronger tonal centers are minor, so it tends to sound more severe or somber. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's I just think it's fascinating. I like listening to this. There's a whole channel on YouTube. I, I unfortunately can't recall their name off the top of my head, but they do like Beatles songs and they shift them into minor keys or, or if they're in minor into major. So you can hear like uh, Hey Jude in minor or like uh, Let It Be and stuff like that. It's really interesting. If you want to go search for it, I highly recommend and it. And Aaron, you just you just wasted three hours of my life listening to that channel <laughs> when I go back to edit. It's fascinating. Hey, it's good. Yeah, just put it on like a, as a playlist and uh, use it for editing background music. <laughs> Okay, maybe you can tell me, uh, music nerds here, um, <laughs> why do minor keys, why do we perceive them psychologically as sad? Because they're not as important. They're just minor. <laughs> oh, dear. It's like, I'm just a bill. I'm not a lawyer. So they're the no. stepping of keys. <laughs> That's right. Well, yeah. so... The the technical answer is just that all if you just take a note, right? If I take a single note like a C or G or G sharp or B flat or whatever and play or post it, it, there's no content. Uh, pardon me, there's no context, right? So there's no context for that single note. That note itself doesn't necessarily sound happy or sad or anything. It's just a note. As soon as you place another note next to it, it becomes an interval, right? So there's a distance between these two notes. And depending on that distance, we perceive different intervals to sound, quote, happy or sad. Or so a major third sounds happy to us. A minor third sounds kind of sad. A perfect fifth sounds uh, harmonious and, and nice to us. And then what they call a, a diminished fifth or a sharp fourth or the tritone. It was known as the devil's interval because it sounds so... Uh, it's probably the most... Uh, oh, not the most discordant, but one of the most dramatic and kind of... Um, uh, ominous sounding it's part of the diminished chords right so i'm one of the most ominous sounding intervals you can make so Aaron, I, can I, stop I couldn't you? tell you you just yeah, wasted please. another hour of my time looking on on youtube for for that thank you the devil's interval yes i'm sure somebody has made a whole video <laughs> dedicated to that but um yeah and it, it, i couldn't tell you unfortunately the the psychology behind why we perceive these things in this way but it just it's something ingrained in us uh when we hear one interval versus another now there are, as you know, we are talking mostly about the Western musical world here with, you know, our 12-tone scales. Um, there are other scales from other cultures that ha are based around completely different things. There's like whole-tone scales and there's uh, these kind of Eastern scales that are, the, the subdivisions between the notes are different. So someone who has, you know, grown up in one of those cultures and mostly heard that kind of music, if they heard Western music, might not interpret it the same way as us. So I don't know how much of it is cultural and uh, how much of it is uh, is uh, uh, natural, but yeah, it, it's it's all about intervals. So even chords are just a series of intervals stacked up in different ways. And I, I mentioned earlier about inversions. We have chords that are inversions, right? So a C major chord is C E G. The first inversion means it starts on the the third, so you'd have E G C. Second inversion starts on the fifth, so you have G C E. And even changing the order in which those notes are played, like from low to high, will change the quality of the chord and make it sound different. Um, a lot of times, like when I first learned the piano as a kid, I would just play every chord in first position. You're just kind of going up and down the piano, and it's, it sounds childish, and that's because, you know, it, it just sounds so simple. Everything's jumping up and down. When you learn to arrange things and make the chords closer to each other, so you, have a, you kind of have this efficiency of movement between your fingers, it also, because there's not so many harsh jumps, uh, it sounds more smooth when you're playing it. And that's where you get things like at the very beginning of this song, <laughs> where it has that lovely kind of minor uh, descending line. You're playing three very different chords, but only one note is changing between all three chords because of the way you're playing them with the different inversions. So it can make something sound really lovely and, and very uh, very harmonious. Did you did you catch all that, Jeff? 
I, I gave you a minor course I in, did, in yes. music theory there for you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Tracy. I appreciate that. Thank you. Please join Aaron on his yes. YouTube channel where he is, teaches music theory. I should. He actually char- <laughs> he actually charges me though. I get a bill in the mail every time we do an episode. Well, I was trying to give you a few. Oh, I'm charging I'm charging one, you so. for this one, Tracy. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so, so, Aaron, on yeah. uh, on uh, Fantasia, the movie Fantasia. Yes. Um, yeah. There's uh, the song "Night on Bald Mountain." Night on Bald Mountain. I love that song. Yeah. Yeah, Musorgsky. by uh, Modest Mussorgsky mm-hmm. or whatever his name is, Mussorgsky or whatever. And um, is that um, one of those keys that is designed to make you feel kind of awkward like a devil's key almost anxious yeah yeah exactly that's a great example of you know uh of kind of a minor sound where you've got a lot of these kind of ominous sounding uh, intervals and chords of play gotcha because that song always kind of freaked me out usually when you derail a train stefan it makes no sense (laughs) but that made perfect sense thank you (laughs) i'll take it (laughs) i'm like that little sidecar that's pushing beside the train Every, every now and then, I like I try to derail the train by bumping into it. But every now and then, I get on the same track. <laughs> and the funny thing is, he's not on the track. He's just sitting there bumping along next to the track. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely me. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which is so. On that note, Thanks, uh, let's switch tracks and let's go <laughs> over to Jeff to give us our rating for the night. Um, I was having trouble coming up with a good one for this one tonight. So I think we got to go with what's standard, and we're going to rank this on 1 to 5, or 0 to 5, Jingle Bells. Jeff, who's voting first tonight? Trevor. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Can start tonight. All right. Um, So, like I said earlier, I I love this song. I love this version. Uh, I'm definitely coming at it from uh, an emotional point, too. Like I said, the tempo changes reminds me of so many Christmas get-togethers with my family. Um, the, the only faults I have in this song, I think are just, it's not one of their own, so I can't rank it as high as, um, you know, something that they wrote, uh, but the arrangement is theirs. Uh, and again, I I do wish they gave Ed a guitar solo at some point. So that kind of knocked my score down a little bit, but, uh, I, I love what Kevin, Jim and Tyler are doing. I think they are the real musical heroes of this song. Uh, and I'm going to rank it high. I'm going to give it a 4.25. All right. Do you say a two point four five? No, no. <laughs> oh, four point two five. No, but oh, not what he said, Stefan. Stefan, wow. why don't you go next? Okay. <clears throat> I'm next. Oh, did you say I'm next? I'm, just... I'm totally not paying attention. Yeah, yeah, because I I know this is going to be divisive, so I want to kind of you know play with it. A oh, Jeff. Uh, well, let me tell you. It's like Aaron said that he's not going to be the Grinch tonight. I'm going to be the Grinch tonight. Um, uh, I do have adult autism, and um, songs like this just, I, I can't handle it. My brain just explodes. So, I mean, I loved, uh, I loved the musical piano aspect of it. Um, I didn't like S- Stephen singing in the beginning, and it was kind of obvious that they recorded those at two different times. Um, and then there was a nice piano piece that lulled you into a sense of security and then it just kind of uh knocked your bells off from there um which i didn't think was necessary at all to have the lyrics that they had i didn't think it was necessary to um say what they were saying um i liked how the music picked up in tempo but keep the whole song like that, kind of intro into it kind of in a fast way and then keep that going through. There's, I didn't see a need to have the, um, the slow parts in the very beginning. Uh, either you know, decide to have it one way um, or the other. And don't have both because uh, it's just confusing, it's distracting. And like I said, it, it scared me when it came right on. I didn't expect that at all. And it was a it's quite a challenge staying on the road. I personally think this is an abomination of a Christmas song. I, I didn't like it at all. Um, I, I thought the music was great because uh, it showed their talents, but that's not what Christmas is about. It's not about um, showing off you. It's about showing off 
the, the season and about what it's all about. So I think they really missed the mark on a lot of things um, and kind of made a mockery of, uh, of the music and the season. So um, I'm not going to rank this high. I thought it was below average for them. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm going to rank it a two. Sorry, Trevor. No, you're allowed. It's not to my song. It. <laughs> you can rank it what you like. That's all right. Well, I mean, I don't want to. I'm going to go next because now we have two very divisive opinions, and they're both really good opinions. And I can see both sides on this one. Um, the music is fantastic. Kevin's playing, Jim's playing, Tyler's playing is really yeah. good. Um, it's and it's 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 very uh, minimalistic, but it's it's good playing, and there's some really good moments in this. Steven sounds fantastic, I think, on the slow part. I love the harmonies when it goes into that jazzy section with when you know, like it's like, and and also I agree with Trevor. There's there's just not enough add on here. Not a guitar riff, very little harmony. Um, I was pretty certain it was going to speed up at some point. I thought it was going to speed up at the first chorus. It didn't. It kept the slow part. I was pretty certain it was going to speed up. What I don't like, the trouble with Jeff, is that when it does speed up, I feel there, there's too much of a dissonance between the, the really pretty singing and, and the music to Stephen just going crazy and sounding like... Um, he can sing better than that, and I love it when St- Steven sings, you know, like Steven. I'm not a fan of also slipping into the Batman uh, lyric. Um, you know, give some of the other lyrics, some of the other obscure lyrics and everything. You know, I don't, I didn't have a, I, and I love Christmas music. I'm, I'm the person that even in November, I'm cranking up Christmas music in my car. Um, and Jingle Bells is not, now I do prefer Jingle Bell Rock, but... Um, you know, it's a great song. It's a classic traditional song, and I. But I feel like the the dichotomy between uh, the what was good and what was not good. I, I think what I probably am saying is I like three quarters of the song, or two thirds. What's good is really good. Kevin's piano solo in the bridge is absolutely phenomenal. Kevin, please come on the show. So there's some really good stuff there. So I'm I'm almost gonna be the the averageinator. The averageinator. That's my dream. The Averageinator. I'm going to actually... I can't quite go a three. I'm going to give this one a 2.9 Jingle Bells. Interesting. I mean, I I love uh, God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen. Uh, that... Mm-hmm. That oh, is... I, I, I love it, yeah. That is... Super, but I love Hark of Blessings, though, too, and I know that's not you know, a big... I mean, they, if they brought that level to every yeah. song... Yeah. Right. That level of the, 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 the harmonies and the epicness and, and just the yeah. beauty of it and everything. Yes. Um, Bare Naked for the Holidays is kind of a weird album for me because I feel like they did some stuff really, really well and they did some stuff that felt very throwaway-ish. So, I mean, you can... Um, the first thing... One of the things that kind of came to my mind, not the first thing, but you know um, Cake, how uh, they have that driving... You know, Cake, they're like... Um, Driving and driving, um, that driving song. Guys, help me out here. Going the distance. Going the distance. There you go. Um, the the first thing, one of the things I think about when I know the history of Jingle Bells is the racing of it. So I think of the going the distance kind of thing. That would be really cool to be able to integrate some that kind of fast-paced thing into a Jingle Bells, but make it like a racing song. Almost, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. that's what it's about. Why not? Why not sing about that kind of aspect of it? it makes it manly. It makes it uh, traditional. It brings that history back to life, and it's kind of cool. Uh, my thought was when they sped it up, when they went to the sped up part, I thought we were going to get the Ed Stephen harmonies. I thought we were going to get some really clever plays on the vocal um, part of it. And that's not what we got. We got we got Stephen yeah. singing badly. No, you're right. <laughs> that, that, I mean, that bothered me. Yeah, um, uh, I was going to say, Tracy, you have to keep in mind that these sleds are just one horsepower. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's so, send it over to Tracy. <laughs> I'm going to disagree with with Stephen and Jeff. Um, I 
kind of really like this song, and I was I've been sitting here playing around, going through my list here, trying to figure out where it lies as compared to other stuff. I will agree with you, Jeff, that this album is very hit or miss for me. Um, it's it's either really on or really off, with very few in betweens. Um, I would not say that this is one of the low ones for me, though. Um, I would definitely say this is one of the higher ones for me. It's fun to sing to. It's fun to um, just kind of just sit there and listen to. I know that I said the beginning of it might have been too long, um, but that's, that comes and goes depending on what time I happen to listen to it, which year. It depends on whether I'm in that mood to go want it longer for the lo the short part, uh, the slow part, or to have it shorter. Um for the most part, though, I just like listening to this, especially all the different personality that comes out in this song. Um, I like the different variations on it. It is all over the place, but for some reason, I like that with this song. Um, so, And I even like Steven's just playing around voice, where he is just... He's not really trying to make himself sound beautiful like the beginning of the song or at the end when he's seeing the operatic ha. He is really just kind of just having fun and he's letting you know with his voice that this is a fun song. Um, and so for that reason, I I have to put this as a 4.25. I agree with you, Trevor. All right. I was worried I was too high when everyone else <laughs> gave their rankings. I thought I'm going to mess up your whole system. So that's good. I feel better. <laughs> well, no. Music is so subjective, though. <laughs> but I think I think this is one of those songs on this album that's divisive. Like, you're either going to really enjoy what they've done with it or you're really going to hate what they've done with it. It's a pretty divisive song right now. In interestingly enough, I am I'm sort of the middle child here, uh, as you, per usual, appropriately enough for me. You're the second child. Were Were you planned? <laughs> so my parents tell me, but who knows? <laughs> well, um, yeah. So yeah, interestingly enough, uh, we've got two we got two kind of uh, groups here: the the Jets and the Sharks, <laughs> and uh, on the extreme ends of the things. Jets and the Sharks, and um, like a hockey team and the football team. No, like West Side Story, man. Come on. <laughs> um, Wait, can I air high five Trevor right now? For you got to do the same snaps, thing. I just the snaps. <laughs> almost on roll. Everyone knows. I said I wanted to be a jet, but that means I'd be like one in thirteen. The most threatening thing that a gang can do is walk up to you and do the jazz snaps. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I know I'm usually like the Grinch of the bunch when it comes to Christmas songs, but I kind of like this one. I feel like Nicholson's Joker and Tim Burton's Batman. I kind of like this one, Bob. Leave it. Um, you, you can tell they're having a lot of fun, not taking it seriously at all, but still performing very well. Like, it's very competently played. Uh, I feel like if my band had a gig where we were contractually obligated to play a Christmas song, we would probably have come up with something like this. Um, you know, it's not my favorite. Again, I'm not a big Christmas song fan in general. It's probably not in the fours for me. Um, not making my all-time playlist, but it is pretty darn good. I think it's well above average. Um, are we rating this on robin eggs, or what uh, are we rating this on? No, uh, just Jingle Bells. Jingle Bells. <laughs> I would give Jingle Bells 3.6 out of 5 Jingle Bells. Uh, and you were actually the midway point between yeah. all of us. <laughs> the lukewarm yeah. water. The true average. That brings us to an average of 3.4 for this song. <laughs> I've been told a lot that I've been below average. Who would have thought the most divisive song of the year would be a Christmas song? <laughs> I know. Wow. Isn't this a time of unity? <laughs> oh. Now, so a couple of different people mentioned that we didn't have enough Ed in this song. Um, so I'm going to give you a little bit more like Ed Bell. this week. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a little bit more Ed in our appearances. Um, he's, uh -oh. he's coming on the week, show? No, I, I would oh. love to do that. Um, but instead, since I can't do that, uh, this week's appearance is Ed on the bathroom sessions covering Distant Sun by Gr by Crowded House, which is a really cool cover. I just wanted to 
fulfill that need that you guys kept saying you wanted more Ed. We want more Ed. Oh, Tracy, yes. you yes. definitely fulfill our needs. So, guys, I know that I said that we were doing a deep cut tonight. Obviously, we didn't do a deep cut tonight. So My score was a deep cut. You're, yeah, you, you cut really deep with your score. Are you going to actually name the right song now? I'm going to name the right song for next week because we are going to do a deep cut next week. Okay. Next week, we're going to discuss Joseph Brown. Is he related to Leroy? I was thinking Big Bad Leroy Brown. Bad, bad <laughs> Joseph Brown. <laughs> Small, good Joseph Brown. Well, Trevor, thank you for joining us tonight for this thank you, version thank you, of our thank podcast. You good to talk to you. <laughs> thank you for having me back. It was great. Thanks, that was fun. Don't forget, no regrets. Except maybe.